0: She, well, let's find out. I hope you, all I know is Chapter 9, How Max Survived the Inquisition. As it turned out, Max hadn't received an invitation. It was an order. Max had been summoned to appear before the Templar High Command, or at least what remained of it after Malta. Oh. I want you to be strong tonight, that's Logan instructed us. I expected. I know, that's why I said we should probably wait. Oh. Well, he shouldn't have said a day. I'm even more annoyed well, a date can mean just a meeting. It doesn't have to be romantic. Well, I know still it's chill smells young adults book. that's not what a date usually means. Logan had been shuttling Max around in a veritable tank disguised as a sleek sedan. The windows were bulletproof and two inches thick. The tires were run flat. both gas tanks were practically missile missile proof and there was a fold-out console on the dash that displayed a collection of dangerous-looking buttons that Max didn't even want to know about. "'So where's this meeting taking place?' Max pressed, trying to look through the windows. Pushing a button near his arm, the passenger window tint faded, and the landscape shimmered into crystal-clear view. Outside, he could see they were winding their way along Lakeview Terrace Boulevard, not far from his house. The view didn't last long. Logan hit a button, and the tint returned. "'I need to keep you safe.' So let me do my job and don't touch anything, okay? I'm going to find out where we're going sooner or later, Max pointed out. Sooner than you think, Logan replied, turning back to the road. With a defeated shrug, Max pulled out his grandfather's deck of round table cards from his pocket and shuffled through them absently. He knew each one backwards and forwards by now. Every decent player had to, which was why he knew something was out of place right away. Max counted through the deck, and then again, a card was missing. He paused and scratched at his head, unable to remember lending this deck to anyone. Max shuffled through a final time, trying to recall which card was missing. The Stone Troll was there, so was the Dwarf Sapper. There were Kobolds, Gallo, Goblins, and the Frost Giant. And then he knew. The Doppelganger. Which was kind of weird, he hadn't even played with it yet. It was a hard card to work into his deck. All he knew for sure was that doppelgangers, doppelgangers doppelganger would have high importance. were murderous shapeshifters. Losing one of his grandfather's cars was bad news, and worse yet, it was the last thing Ivor had given him before he'd left for Malta. At that moment, Max realized for the first time that roundtable was finished. The game was over. Ivor was dead. The armored Mercedes rolled to a stop on a wet drive of intricate brickwork. Max stepped out of the car and into the evening drizzle, expecting to have arrived at some underground secret lair. Instead, he saw familiar gargoyles flanked by the same rough-hewn stairs he used to play on as a kid. That was before his father forbade him to play there ever again. It was the home of Dr. Kane Lundgren, Brooke's father. I did a bu- 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 a par- oh, easy. A parade of vehicles lined the drive: elegant sedans, angry-looking motorcycles, and blacked-out trucks. I don't Many of them... Bayani, come, do you want to finish this tonight or not? Or not the book, but the chapter. Yes. Okay, we'll stop yelling out weird sounds. Many of them had chauffeur, chauffeurs standing near at hand, but roads were not the only means of, of, of arrival. Out back on the waters of Lake Avalon, a pier brimmed with a collection of mysterious boats. Rain pelted their umbrella as Max and Logan ascended the stairs to the front entrance, Max didn't know what to say or expect when the door opened. Would Brooke be waiting? And if she was, what would he say? Once his once the best of friends, Brooke and her house, had been off limits to Max for years. If Kane was as bitter about the argument as Lord Sumner, Max was in even bigger trouble than he thought. Logan grasped a knocker and let it fall heavily three times, followed by a pause, and finally, a fourth knock. That was the same covert knock the Grey Griffins used to access their secret tree fort, Max marveled. On cue, the door swung open, revealing a well dressed man with razor sharp cheekbones and mottled skin that was stretched across his frame so tautly that it seemed like it might crack at any moment. His eyes flickered eerily in the torchlight, but his smile was kind and inviting, despite the fact that Max was sure he could see fangs. White gloves covered long, careful fingers, and well polished shoes adorned his feet. He's a vampire. Max had never seen him before, but something about this man was eerily familiar. Evening, Throckmorton, Logan greeted after clearing his throat. The dark man bowed slightly. Guten Abend, uh, Logan. Weivel Just the two of us tonight, natürlich, Logan replied, handing the invitation to the servant and nodding toward Max. Max looked over at his bodyguard, thinking of all the strange places Logan had been. Languages came easily to him, but so did danger. With the Scotsmen, they often went hand in hand. Throckmorton's flickering eyes fell upon Max. Sprechen Sie Deutsch, young master. Max shook his head. He barely managed to survive Latin last semester, despite the private tutor. German wasn't even a thought, at least not yet. That won't be a problem, Throckmorton replied in flawless English, smiling in assurance. The he gentleman you will meet... What? Won't. He's using things like that and won't. Yeah, so? Like, he's not using... Um, this will not be a problem. No, this is flawless English. The gentlemen you will meet this evening are conversant in many languages. He then turned back to Logan. The Baron is in the parlor awaiting you. Baron? asked Max. Logan ignored the inquiry, stepping over a threshold etched with arcane symbols, and handed the damp umbrella to Throckmorton. He quickly shook it, placed it next to at least a dozen others that were resting nearby. As the door shut behind them, Max looked around in wonder. It had been so long since he'd been there that he'd forgotten just how large the Lundgren house was. Somehow, it seemed even bigger on the inside than on the outside. Secret, he forgetting he lives in his own mansion. I mean, can't be better his house. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with the size of. Well, he never marvels at the size of his own. Well, because he hadn't spent years away from it and forgotten how big it was. Fair enough. Hm. In their early years, he and Brooke had adventured all through the house, finding undiscovered rooms and mysterious staircases that led to new floors and wings with each expedition. The house seemed to go on and on as if it were continuously building itself. Like the Winchester house. Throckmorton motioned for Logan and Max to follow as he set off down a hallway lined with paneled wood, eventually passing a staircase that curved up to dizzying heights. Perhaps he'd been too young to notice before, but Max now discreet Templar motifs lurking almost everywhere, with symbols etched atop every door and stained glass window. The entire house was a bit of a puzzle box. Hallways zigzagged into the darkness, windows skewed in all directions, and flickering lamps burned with no oil or wick. It was as if Max had stepped into a haunted mansion. It was creepy. Yet, at the same time, it felt like the safest place in the world. They finally came to a pair of doors. Max could see a firelight parlor on the other side, filled with the soft murmur of voices. Now... "'Logan began as he knelt down and locked eyes with Max. "'I want you on the abyss behavior. they are powerful men inside "'and they're bloody well used to wielding that power. "'They're going to test you, "'so remember to control that temper of yours. "'Don't give them a reason not to trust you. "'Just smile, be polite, and answer their questions "'when we'll go home and get a bite to eat, understand?' "'They are ready for you,' Throckmartin stated "'before turning to leave.' As Max's eyes followed, he gasped. Just as the butler disappeared around the corner, Max could have sworn he saw a tail swish out from beneath the servant's jacket. Okay, so- He's a, Max we're exclaimed, we're unable to finish. He's not your concern right now, Logan replied sternly, turning Max back it. toward it the parlor. Another- you need to stay sharp. They're Speak on- clearly and breathe. Where Project your presence like we've talked about. You ready? Like, You're coming with me, right? Logan smiled reassuringly. You bet you have Apart from the warm glow of a fire crackling in the hearth, the parlor was swept under a blank- thick blanket of shadow. From what he could see, it was drenched in rich leathers, warm carpets, and the elaborate tapestries that covered the walls. Although it may have looked comfortable, it definitely didn't feel that way, especially once Max caught sight of the grim men who were there. Gentlemen! It appears the son of Lord Sumner has chosen to accept our invitation," Kane Lundgren said in a flowing baritone voice. Max studied him closely. Kane wore a red cape over his dark suit, and as his eyes fell upon Max, the Griffin shivered. I think shivered. he's a vampire. Ever since Max had discovered the codex, he could detect the telltale signs of power. I think this someone ga- here is a vampire. This skill was what helped him track down goblins and trolls to put them back into the Codex, but as Max looked at Kane, his senses went into overdrive. Here was a man whose power was beyond Max's comprehension. Why had he never seen it before? "'Please, step toward the light,' Kane entreated. The firelight seemed to blaze brighter as Max obeyed. "'There are some gentlemen I think you'll be interested in meeting.' On either side of Max were at least a dozen men dressed like kings who were seated on leather couches and le- leopard-print chairs. Behind them stood a row of knights, stone silent in the darkness. Max could feel all their eyes boring into him, as though he were about to be dissected. "'I want to begin this meeting by telling you how sorry I am for your loss,' Brooks' father offered, his own eyes filled with sorrow." "'Your mentor and trainer, Olaf Iverson, was a valued friend "'and an esteemed member of the Templar. "'We all grieve with you,' Max said nothing. "'In the cataclysm of violence, we have lost many who were dear to us. "'More important, the Templar has lost their leaders in a single blow. "'Fortresses are falling as our armies are overrun "'by the growing shadow of the Black Wolves. "'We are fighting to prevent our extinction.' kane's voice fell upon max like a suffocating cloud yet despite how far we have fallen there is still hope that is why we have gathered here today and that is why we have summoned you guardian dr lungren's eyes narrowed as he studied max then he gestured to a figure reclining near the firelight i would like to introduce you to the templar grand inquisitor he has come to ask you a few questions I advise you to answer honestly, for your sake as well as ours. Max... What? I hope he does answer honestly. Max swallowed uncomfortably and then nodded. Is he about to be interrogated? Yeah. Thank you, Baron Lundgren, came the thin but potent voice of the Grand Inquisitor. Max paused. There was that word again. Baron Lundgren. Max tried to piece the puzzle together. His own father was a lord, now Cain was a baron. He'd never really thought about it before, but it seemed royalty had surrounded Max all his life, and he hadn't even know it. Your name, the Inquisitor pressed Max. A full name, if you please. Grayson Maximilian Sumner III, Max replied slowly. And your mother, Annika Caliburn Sumner. Your father... "'I don't have a father,' Max replied coldly, his own eyes narrowing. "'Slowly the shadow gave way as the speaker leaned forward in his seat, "'revealing oily hair pulled severely back across his expansive forehead. "'His eyes were ravenously intelligent, "'and his nose, which dominated his ashen face, "'cast a long shadow over a disapproving mouth. "'You have your father's eyes, you know,' "'The Inquisitor's thin lips dryly parted, "'revealing a set of perfectly white teeth. "'Whatever his intention, "'it looked more like he was snarling than smiling. "'My name is Ulysses of the House of Belisarius. "'I serve as the Grand Seneschal, "'the chief adviser to the Grandmaster. "'Though, thanks to you and the gift you supplied "'to the man you seem reluctant to claim as your father, "'our leader, the Grandmaster, is now dead.' as are many of my brothers of the order. Silence fell over the room as Max looked to Logan for support, but the Scotsman remained silent. "'I didn't mean to give him the Spear of Ragnarok, if that's,' Max began. "'Of course you didn't,' the Inquisitor snapped in sarcasm. "'Yet, child, if you had no intention of handing that weapon to the enemy, then why retrieve it in the first place?' Isn't it true that your Templar mentor counseled against it? Didn't he tell you what would happen if it fell into the wrong hands? Max bowed his head in shame. Nothing to say in your defense, Ulysses inquired with a penetrating gaze. I'd imagine not, since your actions from the beginning have already spoken values. Volumes. You aren't wholly to blame, I think. After all, you are but a child. Perhaps the mistake stemmed from the misguided trust we placed in Iverton. This isn't the first time he's failed. Don't talk that way about him, Max shouted. His fists were clenched as were his teeth. And if I do? Ulysses replied with a smile of cunning snake. Get the blue light. Will you tell your father on me? Oh yes, he'd make me pay, wouldn't he? He has the spear of Ragnarok, after all. Max seethed, but said nothing. Do the blue fire. Bayani, do you not want to read anymore? I do. Well, why are you singing over my... When I'm reading? Well, I just wanted to do the blue fire. Okay, well, can you stop singing? Yes. Max seethed, but said nothing. Inside him, he could feel his fire starting to boil, just as it had with the tundra troll. Ulysses seemed unimpressed, however. You see... Ulysses continued, How can the Templar trust you? You are young, impressionable, and entirely ruled by your emotions. Your lack of judgment has likely led to the single greatest disaster in Templar history, and you aren't even twelve years old yet. My boy, you are a catastrophe in the making, a murderer, an offspring of a villain, and I will go on record as saying that if you hadn't betrayed us voluntarily it is only a matter of time silence filled the room as all eyes turned toward max max's eyes however were locked on the grand inquisitor with each venomous insult the fire inside max grew more intense even now flames burst from the tips of his fingers he hated this man ulysses smirked as he shook his head as i foretold it didn't take long for the boy to show his true colors Baron, put a leash on your dog. Immediately, Baron Lundgren raised his own hands, and Max's fire smoldered, spat, then fizzled into nothing as the flames retreated to the farthest corner of his mind. Like the setting of a lock, Max next heard an audible click in his head. The fire was gone. Max's anger turned to wonder, and that wonder turned to panic. What just happened? Kane Lundgren walked over to Max, leaning on his cane as he placed his hand on the boy's shoulder. Come with me, he said flatly. It was not a request. As they passed through the exit, Cain shut the doors and turned to him, studying the Griffin intently. That was exceedingly foolish, he began. The Grand Inquisitor was testing you. You knew that, yet you allowed your emotions to cloud your judgment. You've lost Ivor already. If you burn this bridge, you'll truly be alone. Do you understand? What did you do to me? "'Max asked. "'I mean, the fire, you you made it go away?' "'His voice betrayed both shame at having nearly lost control "'and the fear of possibly never experiencing the thrill of that fire again. Brooks's father offered a reassuring smile. "'Nothing permanent, I assure you. "'Take some time to clear your head, "'and you'll be back to full strength in no time. "'I'll send for you shortly.' Kane disappeared back into the parlor, "'his cane clicking on the floor.' before he closed the door behind him, leaving Max alone in the hallway to contemplate just how badly he'd screwed up. Logan had warned him to stay in control, but Max had buckled under the impre- uh, under the pressure in a matter of minutes. Logan would never let him live this down. The Guardian of the Codex sighed as he skulked down the hallway, unexpectedly discovering a ra- deck of roundtable cards that were lying on a side table. Outside of the Griffins and Ivor, he hadn't even known anyone else to play the game. Furrowing his brow, Max walked over to get a better look. As he picked up the deck and began to look through it, his eyes grew. Max hadn't ever seen any of these cards before. Suddenly, a flash of light appeared behind the deck in his hands and out darted a small pixie. A trail of glitter fell away like the tail of a comet as the gossamer-winged fairy shot over Max's head. Spinning to see where she'd gone, Max nearly stumbled in shock when he found her. Arms folded disapprovingly. She was hovering over the shoulder of Brooke Lundgren. <gasps> Chapter Ten, The Tale of Bounders. Thanks for reading the You're welcome. I love you. I love you. Do you need a snack? I don't. Okay. But. But. You know what I will.